Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. And hello, everybody. We are back for another episode of Always Almost There, day after show live. We are here coming to you from Bozeman, Montana. Uh, today is April 19th, uh, and we have night two coming up tonight. But we are here to talk about night one. Got some amazing guests today. We've got Lisa and we've got Tom. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Very yeah. good. Very good. Very good. Thanks for having us. Love it. Yeah. Thank you guys for being on today. Uh, you know, Lisa, obviously, you've been planning on being on for a few months now, I think uh, you booked. And Tom and I met at the airport. Uh, in Chicago on Monday uh, before our connecting flights uh, to Bozeman. And I was like, yeah, you want, want to come on the pod this week? Um, so th- thank you for being here. Um, excited to talk about last night, of course. But first, word from our sponsor. Today's episode of Always Almost There is sponsored by Beekeepers Naturals. Powered by nature and obsessively tested, Beekeepers uses potent ingredients like propolis, pollen, and royal jelly and steers clear of added chemicals. In a day and age where we want to boost our immune system as much as possible, Beekeepers Naturals has many products from lozenges to gut health supplements to support us and tap into the magic of nature. Personally, I don't leave home without one of their propolis throat sprays, which is especially supportive when singing my heart out at a show. Use code STORMSOUND at checkout for 20% off your order at beekeepersnaturals.com. I, I, was, I, was, I was doing some spraying yesterday uh, in preparation um, and I did indeed sing my heart out last night. Uh, it was a fun show. What did, what did you guys think of the show last night? I absolutely loved it. I think anytime there's a jive two opener, it's going to be just a whole, a whole groovy evening. And that's what it was. Like it was, it was, it was a really, really good show, but I feel like they, it was just very groovy. It was a little bit like more laid back than some mm-hmm. of the other, like, ragers like barn burners i've been to there were definitely those moments but um yeah i feel like it was just a good vibe overall i felt like jive 2 was the vibe of the night 
Love it. Tom, how about you? Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, yeah, love the Jive 2 opener. Um, I think that Goose is setting the bar very high for themselves on this tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, um, like we talked a little bit earlier, I thought the first set was uh, a pretty solid standard Goose set for this tour, uh, meaning it was, you know, it was great. Um, but then the second set really uh, kind of took off in the outer space. And like Lisa said, uh, super groovy. Um, everyone around me was was dancing very hard and <laughs> very hard. So um, it wasn't the loudest crowd, uh, but it was definitely one of the kind of grooviest crowds uh, in terms of moving, getting into it that uh, I've experienced on this tour. So yeah, definitely kind of like a, a disco groove type of a night for sure. But love it. I, I felt that it was, it was very rock and roll last night. It was, it was a big Rick night last night. I felt he was at the forefront uh, of a lot of songs. Um, but of course, you know, everyone else was, in very fine form. Um, let's start off with uh, kind of your guys' experience getting into the venue, pre-show routine. Tom, why don't you go first? Uh, talk, talk to us about getting in, where you ended up, how you ended up there. Yeah, so this this Bozeman uh, trip has been great so far. Uh, I'm at the motel that's literally touching the venue, so I'm right next door. Uh, so yesterday I kind of hung out uh, in line with people, just meeting people, talking people. I'm soloing uh this run so my mm-hmm. first solo goose shows uh so I met a lot of cool people online hung out there and then i kind of retreated to my hotel room when it got colder uh, and started to spit snow and rain a little bit and then i yeah. i would go out and check the line uh, and once the line went down then i went in um ended up posting up uh maybe about eight nine ten rows deep or so kind of in front of peter and jeff and moved back and forth as the crowd ebbed and flowed but uh, met some of my motel mates there and, and we held down that spot. Um, but yeah, getting in was super easy, super quick, uh, no drama in the best way. Um, so yeah, it was a, a all in all pleasant experience getting into the venue, finding a spot. Uh, and as I said, the people around us were, uh, raging pretty good. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Lisa, what about you getting into the venue? We had an awesome day yesterday. We just started with a cacao ceremony with Hannah and Kate and that was really cool. Jeff ended up being there. So that was awesome. Got to do that with him before the show. Um, but just like this awesome way to start the day and just like get yourself in a good headspace to have a really good time and just be open and, you know, feel connected with everybody and with the music. And we ate a lot of food. I went on a hike yesterday. We went up, um, Pete's Hill. I took some recommendations from people who commented on your Twitter post. Actually, I bookmarked it and I just started going through that list. Nice. I was, cool. Wasn't too muddy. It was muddy. Oh yeah, it was good. Okay. But nice. <laughs> we brought boots. It was awesome though. And then yeah, getting to the venue, we got there probably around five and the weather was still nice. And then it got nasty while we were out there. The tent started, that we were standing under, started blowing away, it got pretty wild, but once we got in, um, we headed straight up to the balcony section. Um, that oh, yeah. seat area, I can't believe that it. it's GA. Um, it, it really was just like unbelievable. Yeah. And the like the light show up there was fantastic. The sound was incredible. No complaints. Lots of room and to having dance. a seat. Uh, yes, and having a seat for myself and my old behind. I'm in pain <laughs> today from as hard as I danced last night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, the balcony was, was yeah, the balcony was definitely um, amazing. Um, 
you know, obviously I, I love in a venue like this, you know, the Elm is only a thousand capacity. So it's pretty small. Um, and so you're like pretty much on top of the band, but not like, you know, you feel super close, but you're not like directly on top of them. Like you can still see the lights, amazing sound. And yeah, having a seat like for pre-show and at set break, like, you know, being able to sit down is amazing. Um, but you know, the floor is great. Uh, everybody coming tonight, don't try to come up to the balcony. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the floor um, was the floor was good we had um some space and like i said the crowd was kind of moving and shifting around as they do but i never felt uh squeezed or, or packed in at least kind awesome. of in the first section of the floor so it was a good time that's good i, I worry sometimes you know you hear stories about smaller venues that they're playing these days uh being oversold and the floor being like insane and unbearable so i'm glad uh that montana has it together not overselling it uh giving people a little bit of breathing room but yeah this venue sounded amazing as well you know it's only been open for a year and a half um and it you know there's a very big difference between a venue built like a year and a half ago specifically for concerts versus a theater built 150 years ago that has been converted for live music um so the acoustics were amazing i'm sorry the acoustics were amazing uh, you could hear everything clearly. Shout out um, to Eric Loomis, front of house engineer, uh, for making it sound real good in there. Um, you know, a lot of Trevor uh, up in the balcony, which. Yes. Yeah. We could feel it. I could feel it coming through my feet, even in yeah. the balcony. It was awesome. amazing. It was amazing. We were in danger of uh, collapsing, but they come out, uh, you know, nice, just under 40 minutes uh, after ticket time, I believe. Um, yeah. But, you know, get a Jive 2 opener. I feel like this is the first Jive 2 opener uh, in a little while. But this is, I mean, phenomenal way to start off the show. You know, a little clav action. Um, you know, Rick solo. Like, just, but I, I love this song. Where were you guys feeling with the Jive 2 opener, Lisa? Um, jive 2 is the sexiest of the jives. I love it. I just also feel like it's a, I said this earlier, but I feel like the whole first set felt like Jive 2. Like just that, even like I know we're not there yet, but like even like that was like a little bit slower and just mm -hmm. like groovier than usual, and I feel like it just set the tone for that whole set. I I loved it. It's my favorite jive. Tom, what about you? Yeah, uh, likewise, jive two is my favorite jive. Uh, I think it's the grooviest of the jives, and that kind of set the tone as we've been saying, uh, rather than maybe a faster opener that that gets everybody super jumping and bouncing around, right? I think Jive 2 gets everybody kind of locked into a, a good groove space. Um, so I'll take that. I'll take that any day. And yeah, I think it's it's probably been a while since we've had a Jive 2 uh, like that right off the bat, if I'm remembering mm -hmm. correctly. But um, yeah, I, I love that choice uh, as an opener. I think it's a good combination of getting the crowd going while still being able to ramp up into a set. You're not kind of uh, going for broke right off the bat. So it left that set uh, some room to grow and expand. Uh, and really that whole first set kind of left room to grow and expand into the second as they oftentimes do. But the Jive 2 definitely set the theme for that. <laughs> yes, yes. And then and then we move into this Elizabeth, uh, you know, little chugal action happening. Uh, this to me was like where, where the rock and roll vibe really set in. This was just Rick, you know, unleashing uh, on the audience here. I think there, there was some heartbreaker CCPing happening from Peter uh, in this jam. He didn't quite hit it as he did uh, later on in the show. Um, 
but this was just this was just fantastic. They didn't go too far outside of the Elizabeth groove, but it was like 18 minutes long and just guitar rock music. Um, and Rick Rick was doing a couple of cool things. He was like cueing the band to do different modulations and builds and stuff with his talkback mic. Um, but it sounded great uh, from where I was. I I thoroughly enjoyed this jam. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I I like what the band has been doing with Elizabeth lately. Um, to be honest, it's never been really my favorite song in a set. Uh, good song. But uh, between this one uh, and then I was at the Ryman uh, when they played Elizabeth too. And I felt that that one really got the crowd going, really got it amped up. So I like how they're they're kind of sending Elizabeth to that place of, of a high energy uh, jam. And I'm with you there. Uh, Rick hit some very cool themes partway through the jam that he was kind of taking the band on a ride for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I caught some teases in there too. I think I caught a Sinnerman lick in there. I need to go back and Ooh. listen to it again, but just kind of real quick, uh, heard heard Rick hit that one. Um, I think Elizabeth, to me, feels like it's a song now that's building to something. Like they've been jamming it out. They've been taking it for a ride. And, uh, you know, last night's was kind of more of a, of a shred fest, right? Uh, like I was saying, high energy. Um, but I think it's got a lot of room to grow into maybe a big, you know, super big notable jam one of these times. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that it's on definitely on the verge of that. Uh, so I like the direction that Elizabeth is heading. Uh, I think it got the crowd amped up, uh, injected the crowd with energy, the building with energy, uh, very similar to Ryman. So uh, I'm more and more looking forward to Elizabeth in, uh, <laughs> in sets as they continue to, uh, to stretch the song a little bit. So uh, it was a good one. Love it. Love it. Lisa, your thoughts on the Liz. You probably already know my thoughts on Elizabeth. I talk <laughs> about this all the time, but I really think that Elizabeth has kind of like what Tom said, just massive type two jam potential. Yeah. Like it, it just, when it used to be, time. it used to be a pretty regular big vehicle um, up until kind of the end of 2020. And then yeah. they, they kind of, step back with a little bit and there have only been a couple of big versions since then but yeah it yeah. definitely feels like it's coming back yeah i'm i'm ready for it to go there too i'm right here for it rooting it along i feel like i have seen elizabeth almost more times than any other song i've seen at shows i see it frequently and it's awesome every time last night was no exception I thought for a second that they were going to take off and go somewhere dark for mm-hmm. it was like little little glimpses of it. And then Rick kind of reeled it back in and it didn't quite go there, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it, even though it stayed in that type one space. Yeah. Rick, Rick was, Rick was in tread mode last night. He wasn't, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't, there, there was some, there was some definitely cool dark builds happening in there, but you could tell he was just, he was going for peak after peak after peak. Uh, shout out to uh, the rhythm section here uh, in this jam as well. You know, Spuds and Jeff locking in on the dual drums. Uh, Trevor, of course, your big T and all. Um, but they, they sounded amazing, especially the, the two drummers locking in on that groove. Like, again, we talked about with the Rockdale from last weekend um, with like that drum break in it. Like locking in with, with the snare hits and, and a groove like that is not that easy to do. Um, and so shout out to, to Spuds and Jeff for absolutely nailing it uh, in this jam last night. Yeah, and I think that was that carried throughout the show as I was kind of revisiting it in my mind and making mental notes. Definitely Ben and Jeff and some of the rhythmic stuff they were doing 
uh, and really you could add Trevor in there too with kind of the rhythmic popping bass. And then Rick had some, you know, kind of syncopated choppy rhythms that he was playing throughout the night and Peter on the clav. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about the clav as this goes. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was a very, very rhythmic night. <laughs> yes. Yes. And speaking of clav and, and funky and rhythmic next up, we get thatch uh, coming again, another short gap. Um, you know, I, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of seeing this song. Uh, it's been played 11 times. I've now seen five of them, I think. Um, I, I just, Thatch fucks. I love Thatch so much. Um, and I will never get disappointed hearing that opening lick. Um, Trevor just, you know, threatening to collapse the whole building um, <laughs> with, with bass bombs during this. Tre- uh, Trevor, Jeff hitting his, you know, sample bomb thing. Uh, all over this jam, uh, more incredible clav work from Peter. Um, you know, and th- this song is just amazing. Yeah, I think I had the stankiest legs of the night there. <laughs> the first thatch, it was. I really woke up. I'm telling you, I woke up today in pain, and I blame thatch. So it was just, it's just a burner every single time. <laughs> Love it, Tom. What about yeah. you? I think. Thatch, you know, when you get it, it's going to be a banger now. Um, I think it's another one that I feel like it's building to something. Uh, it's still not that old of a song. Uh, yeah. They've been playing it a lot, uh, stretching it out more and more. So kind of in the same vein as Elizabeth, I think we're probably going to get uh, some sort of evil Thatch or something like that uh, to go along with the grooves. But this is probably where I noted the most like rhythmic jamming when they drop into that jam and, and Trevor's popping and it's very clear uh and kind of cuts through and he's kind of leading that section and uh peter's popping on the clav and ben and jeff and it's just such a like a a beautiful rhythmic intense jam and you kind of listen to all those different parts and imagine how difficult it is to hold all that together that's kind of the beginning of that patch jam for me right there um and then they, they they take it and then they open it up to a really good space it kind of breaks out of that super tight rhythmic zone and and kind of opens up to a nice space uh, and they take us for a little bit of a ride there. Uh, and then Pete comes in on the piano and then Rick kind of takes it back in the shred town again, uh, which is awesome. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, they've been, they've been playing this one a lot. So I think, I feel like this one again is, is building to something, uh, that they can transition from that kind of, you know, funky rhythm into a shred fest into something evil or different. Uh, I think we're on the verge of that, but yeah, I'll take a thatch. Uh, any show you get up and move. Uh, I don't, I can't sit still <laughs> while it's on. You can't. Uh, I think awesome. it's very hard to do that. So again, another, uh, another big thatch uh, in the books for this tour. Uh, and I'd expect these just to continue and grow and grow and get, and get better and better as they go on. So. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, after thatch then set closes uh, with a very solid turbulence. Uh, I like it in this slot a lot. Felt like last night's didn't reach as huge of a peak uh, as some of the versions have, but it's still, I absolutely adore this song. Um, And, you know, always happy to hear it. Uh, You guys have any thoughts on on the turbulent set closer? Yeah, I think it was interesting placement. Uh, A few interesting placements in this set. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like last year there were several Elizabeth openers. um, Yeah. And then we kind of flipped that and had the, the jive two. And then you'd almost expect Thatch to be in the closing hole of set one but mm. instead it's turbulence yeah um, so i the appreciate set. the band kind of switched it around uh, a little bit there uh good set closer 
Um, again, this was, it, like you said, maybe didn't quite have the same build, but it was still kind of shred town there at the end uh, <laughs> with Rick going in the, in the set break. So uh, solid turbulence version. Um, this is another one that I, I think uh, one of these times, uh, will it break open? Will it not? Uh, I think it anything's possible. So, <laughs> you know, we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. Lisa, what about you on the turbulence? Turbulence was my favorite song that debuted last year. Um, I guess technically not debuted. It's pseudo. Um, it is my favorite. Yeah. New song that Goose took over in 2022. So I am always happy to hear it. Um, I was at Legend Valley the first time they played it. And I remember thinking, what like deep cut Billy Joel song is this that I've never heard before? <laughs> and then <laughs> realized later on, oh, Okay, it's Vasudo, right on. So I, big fan of Turbulence, super stoked to hear it. Also was very happy to see it in that spot. Um, and lyrically, I think it's just what Rick and Matt Campbell do together is just absolutely stellar. I feel like it tells such a good story. Um, and it, it just shows a different side of Goose. I think it, it's not... As much as it is like a shred fest there at the end, and man, Getty was just really like during turbulence. I that was like the one quick video I took because it was just, I mean, he was lighting it up like rainbows everywhere. It was wonderful, but um, I feel like that's a, a comfortable spot for turbulence, and I, I hope they sort of keep it there. Yeah, love it. Then we go into set break here. Uh, now is the time on the show uh, where we're going to get some bathroom reporting in. Um, I would just like to, uh, shout out the upstairs bathroom, uh, for being amazing. Uh, there was no line at the beginning of set break when I went, it seemed like it was filling in a little bit behind me, but you know, smooth, easy, clean. Uh, you know, uh, I know we have some people who like that, the hand dryer report. Um, there were just, they just had paper towel, uh, no automated hand dryers here. Um, but yeah, this was no complaints about the bathroom experience here. Tom, what was it like downstairs? Uh, yeah, same for me. Um, I decided to go hit the restroom. Uh, wasn't really a line. So quick in and out, grabbed the drink of water, uh, got back to my spot in a few minutes. So, uh, yeah, pleased with that easy in easy out. No complaints there. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, my mom pointed out before the show, uh, if you want to see a picture of the women's bathroom at the Elm, she tweeted one, uh, yesterday at Lisa Borden. Um, but there's a window in the in the women's bathroom. Yeah. That's pretty exciting, Lisa. What what was the what was the window like? All of the women were just crowded around it, looking out it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the bathrooms were super clean. Um, it's always a vibe in the in the women's room at a goose show. It's just it's always a fun place to be. Um, I will say that was when the weather started getting pretty gnarly. And yeah. We had a little snowball fight out on the balcony patio. Um, that was fun. Cold, but fun. Mm -hmm. And I also notably, like, coming from Maryland, I felt like the prices of just beverages in general were really, really reasonable. Yeah. Like, seven bucks for beers and well drinks. And they actually had an NA selection that was not just, like, a water or a soda. They had like some other cool stuff there. So I, I was happy to see that. It's always cool to see like a venue be inclusive in that way and also be affordable on top of it. Plus the water bottles that you buy there are reusable and you yeah. can refill Filling them. Filling stations in the venue. Yeah. 
Shout out to the Elm. Uh, phenomenal venue. Can't wait to get back there tonight. Uh, but yeah, everything about it is just amazing. Um, so shout For out sure. to the venue. So we kick off set two. Uh, going down to the Rockdale. Uh, another, again, um, no, Lucas, they did not have a hard kombucha, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I, I, that would have been nice. Uh, Colorado, a lot of Colorado venues that, uh, have that though. Um, but so this Rockdale, um, you know, more just Rick rock and roll fireworks, uh, all over this jam, you know, so much fun. Uh, nothing, nothing crazy outside the box here. Like a, a couple of versions we've seen. Um, but you know, it's fun. It's Rockdale. I love this song. It's one of my most seen Goose songs. I think this and Dripfield I've seen eight times now um, in my 26 shows. Um, but man, this was fun. This was fun. Lisa, what did you think of the Rockdale? Oh, sorry. On my wife, I was wigging out. No problem. Um, I, I honestly wrote down wrote down um the word basic next to the rockdale um not the, like basic not in a negative way i just mean like it it was rockdale it it did it did the rockdale we went down to the rockdale mm -hmm. it was a, a i again think that it's just the best spot i know in it's a popular encore spot i love it as second song set opener or second set first song i just feel like it Again, that's, that's those songs are so important because they really do set a vibe. And I think Rick was just continuing that shred mode from set one. But I feel like this was kind of the last of that that we heard. Like the like it really the rest of the set departed. It was like we went down to the Rockdale and then yeah, wow, like where where are we going? Now we're going places. Yeah, yeah. Tom, what about you? Yeah, Rockdale, uh, another one they've been playing a lot. I've gotten a bunch of these uh, going back to the Basudo debut at Fred. Mm -hmm. um, good set opener. Um, like I said, they play it a lot, but people love this. People enjoy it. People get into it. Uh, people will really start moving to this one. Um, I think that the drop into the jam uh, for Rockdale is consistently one of my favorite drop into the jam moments. Uh, Peter hits that the swampy clav and Rick will sometimes yeah. be on the whammy and uh, it's just kind of a, a signature Rockdale sound or has become a signature Rockdale sound. And I think this one kind of uh, followed that formula, if you will, uh, kind of to the end. And, and like Lisa said, uh, they ramped it up and then kind of transitioned in. I really like this second set. Like uh, if you look at the set list and the, and the times of the songs that came after this Rockdale, um, I really like Rockdale even if it's split by like a set break uh, or something like that as kind of a lead in to bigger and more different jams. And I feel like this is what that Rockdale accomplished on this night. So uh, crowd got into it, got grooving. We got some shred. Um, there was some really good ebb and flow in this Rockdale. I felt like with Ben and Jeff again on the rhythmic side uh, that stood out to me, they were doing some very interesting things. Mm -hmm. um, and this is another one that I think I'm uh, that I think is ready for like a really, a really, really big breakout. Um, this was like Lisa said, I'd probably consider this one a standard or basic Rockdale too, which again, not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Is, it's amazing. Is, yeah. is awesome. Right. Is still coming off of coming off of, you know, version like the one that we heard at the Ryman uh, a few weeks ago. Like, yeah, it's, it feels more standard, but yeah. it's Rockdale it's still amazing. And, and so, and that's the, uh, it's funny you bring up the Ryman one. Cause that's, 
the one that I had in mind, the Ryman one, uh, I think was split by the set break. Uh, and then they had the, it was, what was it? Rockdale set break wisteria. Oh, wisteria yeah, yes. Wisteria. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that Rockdale, even though the set break was in between it, how this, how we went Rockdale Empress Rosewood, uh, this Rockdale was a perfect portal to kind of some bigger, more exploratory jams for the second set. So yeah, this, uh, this this Empress was interesting placement for me too. You know, we're seeing it uh, on very short rotation uh, this tour as well, coming up every you know two to four shows. Um, hit some interesting territory uh, in kind of the second half with that like double hit kind of motif that they they all kind of locked in on, which really cool to see when you know everybody in the band um, is playing um, you know along on the same theme or riffing off of the same idea. Uh, so really cool to hear that. Um, I will say, I feel like Empress as a mid-second set song doesn't work as well as a set clo- than as a set closer. I feel like it takes up a big chunk of like the middle of the set. And even if you know you go and you put a 20-minute Empress at the end of the set, I feel like it feels different than an Empress as the second song of the second set, if that makes sense. Um, but I still really enjoy this. You know, I love Empress. Um, great song. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Lisa, what did, you, what did you think of the Empress? I know you love this song. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, and this is also, it's interesting because the this is the second time very recently that we've had Empress and Rosewood consecutively. I think the last time it happened, it was flipped. I think Rosewood was first and then they did Empress. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it was a nice slide out of the energy of Rockdale in like, how else are we going to get to this Rosewood, you know? Um, I also noted that, like, one, two, dun-dun thing they were doing, like, with the, M- and I was like, wow, this is, this is new. They've never done this before. And I was, I was stoked to hear that. I also, um, I, I thought Jeff really shined on this song. He was coming through really punchy. Yeah. With the bongos. Had and he really, punched really- literally the gong multiple times. Out of the gong. Yeah, like, it was yeah he really um was i feel like commanding some moments in the jams there so let's uh let's have a moment of silence for jeff's hands which he pretty much ruined uh during this empress uh he was going he was going hard on the congas and punching the gong hurts um so shout out to jeff's hands um you know i was watching him from from above from the balcony, you could see him like, you know, during the rest of the song, like during Trevor's bass solo, just like looking at his hands, like, Oh my God, what did I do? (laughs) Tom, what did you think of the Empress? Yeah, I love Empress. Uh, It's another one that they play a lot, but I'll take it every time. Um, Mm -hmm. You can't help but get up and and move to it. Um, I like it in the spot that it was. I think that they play it enough that to move it around within a set to me is good. Uh, and I'm with Lisa here that, that the Rosewood probably doesn't hit the same way or doesn't happen the same way if the Empress is not before it. Uh, I think mm. just the Empress energy in the kind of like the, the dip down to the composed section of Rosewood was perfect. Um, but yeah, Jeff Whelan on the bongos, um, some cool piano jamming in there. The one, two kind of syncopated chop, uh, jam in there is always really cool. So, uh, very cool to hear. Um, one thing I noted too, is when they slid back into the, back into the song after the jam for the clap part, how they kind of slowed the tempo down. So gracefully. Yeah. I think that, like goose does those sort of things that are 
easy to overlook, but they're, you know, transitions back into the song and things like that. So that one was really cool how they, and I was watching Peter too, cause he's there. Da, 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 and I knew the clap was coming up and then he jumped up and then the whole band just kind of like slowed down in perfect unison in that clap part. So um, that's always super cool to see and hear things like that. Um, but yeah, great Empress. Um, I like where it was uh, good setup for the big Rosewood. Uh, good, good song to follow the Rockdale. Um, I like Empress there. I think it's I think it's good that they're kind of moving it around the set list a little bit. Um, Love it. So, yeah, we'll see. Love it. We'll see where it pops up next, right? Yeah. And then we get Rosewood, uh, which is my personal jam of the night. Uh, yeah. Absolutely love um, where they went in this jam. Um, you know, you get the first part, you get the, the Rosewood peak. Trevor's kind of sneaking in some more darker tones underneath Rick's solo here, which is really cool to listen back to. And then they get into this dark segment. And by dark, I mean like in tone and shout out to Getty, who like completely um, threw down the light. Sorry, I just want to dispel this right now. Uh, if Ryan Storm wrote the set list, Moby would be in much more regular rotation. Um, just, just letting you know that. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, the Rosewood is amazing. You know, you have a rare time. We see all the time, almost every show, you know, Peter will be playing guitar on a song and he'll switch to keys during a jam. Last night during Rosewood, we saw that he picked up his guitar mid-jam, moving from the keys, you know, obviously as a, as a prelude to him playing guitar during Weird Fishes. But I love that, you know, we got a big chunk of jamming with him on the guitar, which sounded so cool. You know, he was doing cool stuff with synths and on the keys, but hearing him then pick up the guitar and start laying into the funky rhythm stuff that he does... Uh, perfectly complemented what Rick was doing and the whole tone of the jam. You know, we talked about on the pod a few days ago um, where there's that moment in the jam where Spuds kicks into that, you know, very propulsive driving beat. And it's like, okay, it's on. Like th this is, this is happening now. Um, so man, this was, uh, this was a fantastic jam. Tom, what did you, th uh, yeah, no, sorry, Lisa. Uh, this was your other, obviously one of your favorite songs. Uh, you were very excited Last yeah. night, you're like, am I on the pod tomorrow? Like, because this is a good show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll just say, like, there was probably a solid five minutes. I just had tears streaming down my face. Just, it was just so beautiful. Um, I think Rosewood Rosewood is, ar like, arguably what all I need is, like, my favorite jam, but Rosewood is definitely my number two. Mm. Um Rick's tone is probably my favorite. Just that like bliss guitar sound he gets, kind of similar to like the uh, like an all I need in bliss mode. I just love that sound. I love the way it makes me feel. It's just so light and clean and airy. And then Peter comes in and just sweeps you away. And then it's like darkness. And I just love the contrast. Like um, Rosa, just it's such a massive jam vehicle. And I feel like last night was just it, it was in exceptional form it was absolutely for me as well the song of the night and um just moving like in a in a very like emotional and spiritual way i don't know why rosewood hits me like that i'm sure yeah. i'm not alone in that i mean it just it gets me right in the feels and then it's kind of i think so a lot of the other songs i had other notes that were more of like oh that like specific musical type things and rosewood was just like bliss <laughs> yeah just, they're all <laughs> So, yep, I'm still recovering. <laughs> Love it. 
Love it. Tom, what did you think of the Rosewood? Yeah, this was song of the night for me, uh, for sure. Um, the lights were awesome. Uh, as you said, the band was awesome. Uh, I think the placement was really good. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I like Rosewood a lot. You know, when you get a, a Rosewood, you're going to get a killer jam too. Um, but admittedly, sometimes if I'm if I'm in the zone and I'm really going and going and going and going, right, and then a Rosewood comes on, sometimes I feel like I'm not ready for it or it takes me a, a few minutes to adjust to kind of the the mellow or more bliss mood but for whatever reason last night the empress lead into that um i was ready for it and when that rosewood came on uh popped into my head this is exactly the song that i want to hear now so very good placement by the band um jam that jam opens up with a lot of space uh so some of the other jams we saw particularly in the first set and the rockdale kind of go right in and they're you know firing on all cylinders right off the bat but this one starts out with a lot of nice space, a lot of open space. I think this is this jam is a really good example of a goose full band jam. I think that every member yeah. uh, was contributing to leading different sections. Um, so let me check my my notes here. So uh, they kind of moved through some different sections. Ben and Jeff kind of hit like the drip esque rhythm there for a little bit. Um, they went through some more space. Um, Trevor at one point got on the envelope filter again, and then the tempo yeah. started to oh, speed up. Uh, and then we got a little bit of kind of like pseudo disco Rosewood uh, jam, which was awesome. Um, I was definitely moving and grooving to that one. Uh, you could hear Peter start to start to creep on some synth things. And then we had the drone start up uh, and that was great. Um, and then Trevor really took off there. I feel like um, he was just, cutting through like i think trevor on this tour his sound is cutting through like it hasn't on any other tour before i know he's Mm -hmm. changed up um some rig items and things like that but i think just his playing and and the way he's been doing that and using effects and and jamming i really feel like he was kind of uh front and center uh at this one and then peter started kind of full into the synths and then we're kind of in full like synth uh like i said disco rosewood mode um and then peter switched to the guitar which i noticed too so uh he Switched to the guitar, and I figured they were going to go right into another song. Uh, but then when he kind of laid down uh, out a little, that, yeah. Guitar, yeah, that rhythm guitar groove, I was so happy that they stuck with that uh, for as long as they did, because that was, that was awesome. Um, Rick kind of had a spacier lead over that, which was really nice. It wasn't, it wasn't Machine Gun Rick, you know, it was more yeah. like, David Gilmore type Rick, uh, where he, he slowed it down a little bit, had some delay going, had that space, like Lisa said, more of like a, a bliss zone uh, than like a, like a fire shred zone. So that was awesome. And they really, they really kind of stuck with that to the end. Um, was super impressed with Ben on this jam too, just some of the fills that he threw in there and Jeff too kind of augmenting that. But again, this was another one that the, the rhythm section of the band was just so tight and so on point for. Um, the transitions were awesome. Um, and then the the drop into radio. Vicious, yeah. Like that, that was just like incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to Lisa. Um, you know, she started freaking out. Um, thank you to Lisa for helping me uh, identify what song it was. Um, much appreciated. Uh, this is not a cover. I've listened to a ton, uh, but I loved it. Thought it sounded great. Uh, you know, Two Guitar Goose, big fan of it. Um, but yeah, uh, Lisa, you were very very excited to hear this one yeah if they i mean i ha- always have like songs that i feel like 
or do you know i'm like mosque nada i was like that's gonna happen yeah this was not anywhere on that list like no <laughs> radar so i love being surprised by goose because sometimes i feel like i like i like oh cool like i i called it and then but i'm like okay but i don't know i'd rather be surprised and that was definitely i, I was blown like could could not believe it um and it was epic um that is an extremely challenging song on percussion so shout out to ben and jeff because it's 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 a very very difficult song um rick's vocals were just absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. um i loved it and did not expect to hear it and i think it felt a a little abrupt but it, it worked and it was a highlight for me just for out of sheer shock and awe and just to say that I was at that show I was I was stoked to be there love it love it Tom what were your thoughts on this cover yeah so uh I think we had a 115 show gap for this one so 11 16 21 right last one of these so I don't I think it's been long enough that it it wasn't on anybody's list uh and if somebody you know played it on fantasy goose or whatever then (laughs) Then they were making going out on a limb. Hey, good for um, <laughs> yeah, this was super cool. Uh, just the slide from Rosewood into this. Uh, Peter had the guitar. And um, like Lisa mentioned, rhythmically, this is an interesting song, not an easy song to play. And with the, the kind of two guitars, too. But I love to see Rick looking at Peter and Peter looking at Rick during the intro and the outro, too, to kind of get their timing and, and sync up. Um, so very like intense in the most beautiful way. Um, and this is really, you know, one of the things that I think sets Goose apart as a band from everybody else is they can go out and they can lay down something like that Rosewood jam. And then they can come in and play a radio song or radio head song with great vocals and uh, double guitar parts and all that rhythm that, that comes with that. So I think, you know, a song like this really just kind of uh, shows you their flexibility and their chops and uh just some of the different styles that they could play um i love it i I like the placement of it um in between what rosewood and redbird uh kind of a uh if you're gonna have a little break from some big jams why not have it be this song uh big bust out so was definitely not expecting this one uh but definitely glad that we got it i thought it was i thought it was tight i thought it was clean and yeah the look at (laughs) for the outro that because i was watching rick look at peter just you know, yeah, the, the two party. of them, they were like, yeah. yeah, it was so intense. Like I felt like, you know, Rick was going to burn a hole uh, mm-hmm. through Peter by staring at him. And then they, they, they nailed it and they finished it. And then Rick turned around and gave a big smile. And it, I love yeah, it. it was great. So yeah. the intensity was. was and then, incredible. yeah. And then after weird fishes, um, you know, I, I don't know what I was expecting. Redbird was not what I was expecting. Uh, felt like a short gap as well. Um you know, it coming around again. And also uh, I like the placement of it being really late in the set, you know, on the written set list, it was originally supposed to close. Uh, We got a nice, you know, Redbird's been going a lot of places in not a lot of time on this tour so far. Uh, And here we get this full heartbreaker jam, you know, there was, you know, Peter starts playing it. And then Rick was like, you know, dancing around the riff, like he would play part of it and then keep soloing, whatever. And then when he finally hit the full riff, it was like, a, yeah, like, you know, really amazing moment. Um, more <laughs> of that rock and roll goose uh, getting in there um, with this. Um, and then, you know, while I was a little bit disappointed to hear the the segue into Butter Rum happening, I, you know, I was kind of hoping they would keep that jam going for a little while longer. 
Um, but this was still, it was a really cool segue, uh, very well executed, you know, by Rick and then Spuds gradually changing his beat into the butter rum beat. Um, you know, fun way to, fun way to close out the set. Uh, and then fifth, the Beethoven encore, nice and funky, more clav, uh, more fun. Uh, but this was a, this was a great way to, to close out the show. Uh, Tom, what, what did you think of these final three songs? Yeah. So I think the Redbird. I thought this show as a whole kind of highlighted, uh, like the, the dynamics of contrast. So loud, quiet, fast, slow, things like that. So this Redbird uh, started out pretty open, um trevor back on the filter which was cool rick kind of back on that open more spacier lead mm-hmm. uh and then they then they drop into the zep theme uh and just rode that into the butter rum uh which was awesome so yeah the peter hitting the heartbreaker on the piano and then rick's lead over top of that was great um i think this was good like i've heard you talk about efficient jams on on the show before here so i think this was a good efficient red bird um I think they timed it well. Like you, I like the placement of it. Uh, transition in the butter on was really cool. Uh, just like it, on a bigger scale than the Empress, right? They take something that's that's slow and speed it up or fast and then and then uh, slow it down. So this is a good example of, of how they do something like that. So yeah, I like this Redbird. Uh, not the biggest one we'll get, but I thought it was I thought it was concise. I thought it was tight. I thought it was efficient. Um, and I thought it managed to go a couple of different places in the... 12 and a half minutes that that yeah. so yeah i'll take it i like it <laughs> love it lisa your thoughts on the end of the show i really liked the transition out of redbird into butter rum and it made me kind of feel like there's that that's like an exploratory thing i could almost hear maybe like going into lookout cleveland or something out of redbird would be cool i was like oh come on it doesn't have to be butter rum <laughs> but then it was and it was absolutely sick butter rum um, and I love butter rum. Love it. There was a lady behind me that like tapped me on the shoulder and was like, what song is this? Because this is amazing. She was having, um, and then the fifth of Beethoven, that was another like, holy crap moment for me. I was like, wow, this is just one of those. Like, I know they've done it. I think the last time they had played it was like Pullman Yards. Um, so yeah. it's been a minute since it was played and another one that just wasn't on my radar and wasn't expecting, but really badass in an encore spot yeah that yeah, was I think, fun like the the butter rum was rollicking as it always is so yeah. kind of a good uh pre-encore there and then yeah when they came out and i heard peter on the you know the I, I think i let out an audible you know yes or so, you know because yeah, I, yeah. The, the fifth of beethoven is is great and it's great as an encore i love that they decided to encore with something like that and i think it just tied uh the night together right it stuck with that kind of like funky groove uh that we had been locked into for that set just kind of carried it that out and i love fifth of beethoven too because it seems to can really confuse certain people that aren't familiar with that song and they're not quite sure what it is and then yeah. you try and explain to them uh what it is um but yeah they they nail it they crush it um you know rick's new rig new setup uh on this song uh is great him and peter got the trade some leads in there uh again the clav uh, and the guitar kind of trading some leads in in fifth of beethoven but awesome awesome encore yeah yes that was love it yeah and we get to do it all again in a few hours uh, which i'm i'm very excited for hope to see both tonight uh again of course uh thank you so much lisa and tom for coming on the pod today 
It has been an absolute pleasure getting to recap uh, last night with you guys. So thank you for being here. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. We'll do it all tonight. So. Yes, we yeah. will. Um, you know, everybody, of course, let us know uh, your favorite moments from last night if you haven't already. Uh, Tom, we did have a question. Tom, are you on Twitter? I am not. So not I think I'm, I'm finally going to have to because I've been going to enough of these shows and meeting enough people that I, you know, are you on Twitter? Or are you on Instagram? So I think I'm finally going to have to break down and get on some sort of come join the, the come join the media. Media. <laughs> yeah. So soon, stay tuned. I'll let right. uh, I'll let Ryan know if I Perfect. if and when I am, and then he can let folks know. So Perfect. All right. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Of course, I will see you at the show tonight. Everybody else, enjoy the rest of your day. Of course, we'll be back here tomorrow. Uh, to recap tonight, I will be somewhere in between Bozeman and Boise where hopefully there is cell reception good enough uh, to do a podcast, but we will find that all out tomorrow. Of course, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain Time. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, happy Bicycle Day to those who celebrate. Uh, curious if we'll get any sort of nods to that tonight, um, but only time will tell, of course. So, Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Always Almost There Day After Show Live. Hope you have a fantastic day, and we will see you tomorrow. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi. This is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.